adrenaline was just kicking. It was super slippery because it's mainly wood on the bridge. And so you have to watch every single step that you take, not only with your feet, but both hands as well, right? So now, you know, you're so used to focusing on just two feet. Now you're focusing on four different parts of your body hitting the floor. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbent.com. Today, I'm talking to Devin Lavake, a trainer and fitness influencer based out of Jersey City, New Jersey. Devin is probably best known for, and I promise I'm not exaggerating here, bear crawling a full marathon. He's the only human to do it. In about 22 hours this past October, Devin, who already held the world record for distance in the bear crawl, bear crawled 26.2 miles and raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for FitOps, an organization dedicated to empowering veterans to pursue health and fitness careers. Devin, whose father was a pro bodybuilder and whose mother was a pro arm wrestler, joins me to talk about his unconventional upbringing in wellness, motivation and preparation for his record-breaking bear crawl, and much, much more. I do want to take a second to shout out today's episode sponsor, Manimal, America's longest-lasting wrist wrap since 2010. Manimal has over 1,000 five-star reviews and is trusted by athletes and coaches who want to get stronger in the gym minus the wrist pain. Want to put Manimal wraps to the test yourself? Visit Manimal.com and use code BARBEND for 15% off, backed by a lifetime guarantee. Now let's get to it. Devin, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. You are almost two weeks removed from your marathon bear crawl. You're the only person in history to even attempt something like this, 26.2 miles. Two weeks later on, how are, how are you feeling? How are your hands? How's your body? What's the recovery process been like? You know, overall, overall, I feel amazing. I, uh, my, my hands, though, there, there's a, I think there's a little nerve damage. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of, you know, keep it as healthy as possible and, and move them around and get some blood flow going. But my body feels good. My hands still a little iffy. Now I was watching and I was watching on the attempt. I was tuning in just seemed like every hour and it was, I mean, we were, you were going for well over 21 hours and you had an awesome support crew around you. You had like a carefully planned route as far as the planning and the reality, did anything surprise you kind of along the way? Did anything kind of get out of whack or was it pretty much as you expected over the course of that, you know, full day? Yeah, I, you know, I, I started training for this about 12 months out and I like to give myself a pat on the back in regards to time management. I, I, I'm, I really stick to my schedule, not only with training, but like in business as well. And so when I told myself I'm going to bear crawl a marathon. The best way to do it was to break it down into sections and really just stick and stick to the schedule and stay consistent. So whether that was the 12 months leading up to it in training and the actual day of, when you look at bear crawling 26.2 miles, it sounds super scary, right? And it's, and it's very intimidating, but if you break it down into 18 rounds and you look at it almost like an imam, uh, and you know, you, you, you set a timer 
for every round, say 65 minutes. And then you get done the round in 45 minutes. You're like, dang, okay, I have 20 minutes to rest. And that is just much easier on the brain from a mental perspective. Um, and then visually just writing it down. And so that's what I did. Um, and I also just went into it with a non-negotiable mentality, meaning I did not let one negative uh, mindset uh, uh, thought come into my brain at all. Um, I just told myself the entire time that I'm going to finish and that's all I was focused on. So I was in this hyper-focused flow uh, mentality. One thing I really liked about your planning, and if you spend any, if anyone spends any time with you, they can tell you that you are a very type A person. Like everything is scheduled. You you have a plan going into to anything, be it a workout, be it something on your business life, which we'll talk about a little later on. And one thing I thought was really smart is you crossed the Brooklyn Bridge in the middle of the night when there was not going to when it was not going to be full of tourists when there wasn't anyone on it. And that was like a really really cool thing to watch. Tell us about that experience, bear crawling over the Brooklyn Bridge. I'm not sure if anyone's done that before, but it made for an amazing visual. Did that part feel different than the rest of the crawl? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I'm, I'm glad you actually pointed that out. I, I, I planned that exactly for that reason. And we had to actually switch up the route a little bit outside the New York Marathon route because you know, obviously we're going through a world pandemic and they can't shut down bridges and, and whatnot. So I chose to go over the Brooklyn Bridge at that point, like you said, so there was no people. We left the one hotel um, in Brooklyn and you, you know, you, there's like a certain path you have to take to take the stairs up to the Brooklyn Bridge. When I first stepped onto the Brooklyn Bridge, I stood up, shook it out, uh, looked around me, there was about 30 people around me. And that just gives you the chills right there, right? You're, look, you're looking at downtown New York City. You have the whole bridge in front of you. You have 30 people surrounding you. Um, it was cold. I mean, it was about 35 degrees. Um, but adrenaline, adrenaline just kicked in and I just felt the support. And I actually didn't take too many breaks on that. I, I think I might've stood up one time, maybe twice to take a photo um, with the group because it was just an awesome scenery. But uh, yeah, I mean, adrenaline was just kicking. It was super slippery because it's mainly wood on the bridge. And so you have to watch every single step that you take, not only with your feet, but both hands as well, right? So now, you know, you're so used to focusing on just two feet. Now you're focusing on four different parts of your body hitting the floor. And so where they're going to slip, where they're not going to slip, how much pressure you're putting on your hands. So that was a difficult part. But overall, the Brooklyn Bridge was like, it was, it was, uh, it, it was very, it was definitely a turning point in the entire race. Um, I was excited to get out of Brooklyn and I told myself I'm not going back to Brooklyn for at least six months. <laughs> Brooklyn, <laughs> it was nine miles of just, you know, it was the first nine miles of the race. It was just brutal. So, um, <laughs> I haven't been back to Brooklyn since. <laughs> Well, we might, we, yeah, we might, we'll, we'll convince you to come back out. I'm in Brooklyn, our office is in Brooklyn. We'll convince you to get back out. Let's, let's rewind a little bit. This actually wasn't your first tango with a long bear crawl. It wasn't even your first, not only do you hold the record for longest bear crawl, having bear crawled a marathon, you already held the record by a big duration for the most distance bear. You've bear crawled more than any, basically any other human in history. That's like pretty undeniable at this point. What inspired your feats of endurance and why the bear crawl? Take us back to the origins of that, if you don't mind. Yeah, I was I was in England on a Gymshark campaign uh, with this fitness expert, this guy Ross Edgley. 
Ross Edgley, if you don't know who he is, he swam around Great Britain in 157 days. He does some pretty inspiring things, just really testing the body out. And, you know, he made a really good point. He's like, rather than people focusing so much on filters that they have on Instagram, like they should really focus on like doing something to impact the world in a, in a positive manner. And it just like clicked. I was like, you know, that I want to tell my kids that I did something really cool and for a purpose rather than just having a cool filter on Instagram, you know, um, in front of a mirror. And, and so we started to brainstorm. Um, and he's like, I've seen you bear crawl a lot. He's like, you should try to bear crawl a marathon. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and we're in England in the Lake District. And if you've ever seen the Lake District, it's like a gorgeous, there's, there's no, um, there's no like technology. You barely have any cell phone service. It's just lakes and mountains. It's gorgeous. And and so I started bear crawling like kind of around the lake. And I was like, I might be able to actually do it. Like in my head, I didn't say it out loud. And then by the end of the trip, uh, him and I came to a conclusion that I'm going to do it. We first said we were going to do the London marathon and then came up with the New York. Cause that's kind of where the majority of my, uh, I guess followers are from. And so we did that, but I, I came back to America and I told a couple people and two people turned into five people and five people turned into 10. And then everyone found out that Devin was going to bear call the New York marathon. And I, there was no turning back at that point. Uh, kind of in sync, I went to uh, this foundation. Uh, it's called FitOps Foundation. And I met about 50 veterans there. And they all told their stories. I was there for about three days. They all told their stories that night about kind of what they've gone through in the military, what they're going through at home nowadays. And it was what they were talking about and the mental struggles they were going through and trying to find purpose again and whatnot um, kind of clicked in my brain as well. Kind of something I went through when I was 16 uh, with my father when uh, he took his life when I was 16. And so it, it kind of just all merged. And I'm like, I, I want to do, I wanted to do the bear crawl for a purpose. And it, it kind of just, it, it was, it was a good recipe. And uh, that's, that's kind of where it came from. And, you know, one thing led to another, I started doing a mile and then two miles uh, inside the gym. And then I moved to treadmills. I got up to about five miles. I did the first five miles that I did. I actually tweaked my wrist and I was like, I don't know if I can do 26.2 to be honest. Um, and, but I just kept pushing and then I moved to a football field and I started doing laps around the football field. And once I got up to about seven miles, um, pretty comfortably, I then moved to the cement around the football field, um, and started actually wrapping my hands accordingly and, you know, taking care of it. And, and then, you know, it, again, it's just consistency. I think too many people look for an easy way out, even in the fit, uh, you know, in the fitness world. Um, you know, what, what can I take, you know, what's, what's going to help me get in shape in a week, what's going to, but it's, there's no secret. It's just consistency. It's just doing it, getting up. If you do curls every day for 12 months, your biceps are going to get bigger. There's no, it's, it's inevitable, you know, um, there's no secret sauce to it. It's just, you're being consistent. You're getting, you're, you're breaking your body down, you're building it back up. And that's just what I did. I, 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 con I continued to break it down. And if I was sore, I let it recover for those couple days, you know, whether, you know, I'm taking my DCAs, whether I'm getting massages, whether I'm sitting in the sauna, acupuncture, biopuncture, I ended up getting stem cell at one point. Um, but it's, it, it, it's really just breaking your body down and building it up. And, and that's kind of the consistency of it is what I guess led me to actually complete it.
We'll get back to that in a second, but first, a quick word from our sponsor, Manimal. Manimal makes wrist wraps, lifting straps, apparel, and more. But we're really here to talk about the wraps. Whether you're benching heavy or for speed, going heavy on jerks, or doing bodyweight movements all day every day, Manimal wrist wraps are the longest-lasting models on the market. And they're backed by a lifetime guarantee. Lift strong, lift long, and start today with Manimal. Visit Manimal.com and use code BARBEND for 15% off. Now let's get back to the conversation. So let's talk a little bit about the reasons behind why you were doing this. Obviously, it's to do something cool. You want something where you can look back in 30 years and tell your kids, hey, look what dad did. But you were raising a significant amount of money and a significant amount of awareness for several different causes over the course of the marathon. And one thing that I thought was really neat was as people could follow along on Instagram where you have a pretty significant following, they could also very easily donate and you had different charitable organizations that you were kind of repping at different parts. So let's talk a little bit about, I don't know if you've can if you if you kind of shared it publicly yet, but how much did you end up raising and what were some of the charitable endeavors that you ended up raising money for? Yes. Yeah, so we, it was actually only just one foundation that we raised money for. And it was, there was different sponsors that's that sponsored the race. And so I, I think maybe that was where the, I guess, kind of confusion, but not really, uh, is, but yes, it was FitOps foundation. So FitOps, we take veterans, we put them through a three week training course. They come out with certifications, um, in the fitness world, they come out with marketing, um, knowledge, they come out with business knowledge, anything that they need to succeed succeed in the fitness world they get in that three-week course and then they go out into the world and we help place them in jobs a lot of veterans lose purpose when they leave the military they don't know what to do they they maybe can't get a job a lot of the same um, pillars that are in the military are in personal trainers you know whether it's being organized whether it's um, having a fitness driven lifestyle right um I, and so I think a soldier makes a very good personal trainer as well. And so that's kind of where the foundation is. It costs $3,000 to put a veteran through the foundation. There's, a, there's thousands of veterans trying to get into this foundation. So that's kind of what I was raising money for. Uh, we ended up raising um, the day of, I think the number was around like 150,000. Um, we're still waiting on some money to come in. And then John Dina, um, he actually made an announcement to match anything up to a million dollars. And so we're waiting on that number, but I think it's around the three to 400,000 mark um, that we raised for the veterans, which is really cool. That's fantastic. How did you get John Cena involved? Uh, John Cena has been a part of FitOps, uh, but he, um, he, you know, he's just a big supporter of, of veterans and, you know, what, you know, what we were raising money for and, you know, the cause. And um, obviously he saw the bear crawl and whatnot. And, you know, he wanted to, wanted to donate so he's he's certainly someone in the in the fitness space who who is known for putting his money where his mouth is so it's all uh, fantastic to hear he was he was on board thanks for kind of running us through a little bit of the why not just the what you did but the reasoning behind it and fitops and we'll include more info about about fitops in uh, in our post on barbend corresponding with this podcast as well as the episode description so if folks want to learn more about an awesome awesome organization I want to change focus a little bit to you in in fitness because you haven't always been Devin, the fitness influencer who bear crawls a big distance or does crazy feats of endurance. You have a background in hospitality, uh, in restaurants, and in nightclubs. Tell us a little bit about how you got into 
the fitness space? Because I find that's always very interesting for people who start off and build careers in other industries that might not seem like they're directly related to health and fitness. Yeah, for sure. So I actually started in the fitness space uh, from a really young age. I was I was automatically Im- implemented into it uh, because my grandfather was a professional weightlifter and bodybuilder. He was actually Mr. New Hampshire in 1956. Uh, my father was a professional weightlifter and bodybuilder and my mother was a professional arm wrestler. Uh, I have four sisters. Uh, they all played sports. I played sports ever since I was five years old. I grew up with a massive gym in my house, bigger than our living room because fitness lifestyle, literally. The amount of vitamins um, that I would take growing up, uh, my family is all about natural. I grew up on a farm in New Hampshire. Um, You know, we had our own chickens and, you know, I was outside on the trampoline every day. I was never allowed to play video games. Um, I was always active. So my life has always been a fitness driven lifestyle. I never knew that you could make a career uh, in the fitness world, to be totally honest. I grew up, uh, my father owned a, a construction company. I mean, so I always helped him out with that, I guess, you know, making money by the hour and scrapping metal and, you know, doing whatever on job sites. And I then went to a military academy, played sports there, um, su- succeeded pretty well. We ended up winning a national championship in football, um, played baseball. Out of there, I got a scholarship to play football um, and academics at Long Island University. And so I did that. And so as you can kind of see a trend, I've always had fitness in my lifestyle. I've had to, I love it. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's inevitable. It's, it was never a question, but again, it, it came so natural. It wasn't, um, it wasn't, Ooh, I want to be in the fitness. It it's, I wake up, I brush my teeth. I worked out. It was my whole life. It's just, that's just how it worked. I never thought twice about it. Um, and then when I was in college, I started getting into, I was at a military academy for high school. So when I go to college, you know, I, I want to kind of unleash myself. And so I started getting into nightlife a little bit more and bartending and trying to make a little extra cash in college, bar backing, whatnot. Um, I ended up dropping out when I was a junior um, and I got linked with EMM group, which is uh, like catch. And uh, if you, you don't know, they're, they're, a, they're a nightlife company. And yeah, I kind of got thrown into the wolves and started managing nightclubs when I was 20 years old, um, did that for about three years and then got into, I guess, my own things. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the hospitality industry. I love taking care of people and, and showing them a good time. And, you know, I don't know, just talking with people. I'm a, I look at myself as a pretty personable individual. So I like, you know, just talking in general and, and helping people out and whatnot. Um, at that point, when I was in the, fit, when I was in the restaurant industry, um, there was a couple things that happen. And if anyone's ever, you know, been in the fitness industry, it's tough. And, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, and so I had, a, I had, there was a point where I, I kind of got to make a decision of, do I want to stay in the, this industry or do I want to switch? And I actually sat down with a guy um, and he was like, well, what do you like to do? And I was like, I don't know. He's like, I see you in the gym every day. Why don't you, you know, get in the fitness industry? And I was like, I don't even know where I would start with that. <laughs> and, um, he's like, you should start posting your, your, uh, your workouts. And, and so I did. And then, you know, someone reached out to me and they were like, Hey, I see your workouts online. You know, would you ever consider training? And I'm like, I don't know how to train people. Like I played sports my whole life. I can throw you some through some like sport workouts, but, and they're like, no, like, I just want to, you know, I just want to learn some things like, yeah, 
from a sports perspective and, you know, just be around your energy. And I'm like, cool. So I started working out with them. I wouldn't like sit there and train them. I would more just, I would literally sweat with them and, uh, you know, just, just encourage them and, and talk to them about life. And, you know, this person was, this specific person was going through a divorce at the time. Um, and he was in a, not a good place in his life. And in three months, I mean, he ended up losing like 60 pounds and, you know, he got through his divorce and he found a new girlfriend and like his whole life changed. And I was like, this is, this is awesome, you know? Um, and then another person came along and another person and uh, I, I kind of became this, you know, this like life coach workout partner for these people. And um, I think the big differentiator on why I guess it, I got busy so quick is the hospitality part. You know, I would, I would really listen to these people and I, I would, I would take them out for tacos. I would, you know, I would chat with them on the weekend. We'd go have a drink, you know, it wouldn't just be, okay, sit there, watch some new curls for an hour. You know, I would physically work out with them. I would physically take them out to eat. Like it was, it was a whole experience. Um, and it was fun for me. I didn't feel like I was working. Um, and it kind of turned one thing into another and, you know, some of my videos online started getting, you know, get reposted, you know, whether it was Barstool or ESPN, you know, some of these bigger accounts and my following started growing. And I don't know, it was, I never intended to be like a, I guess, a influencer, quote unquote. Um, I just posted, I was just posting my workouts and I think they were untraditional or, you know, whatever the word is, they were just different. And I think that's kind of what caught people's attention. But Overall, I have a fitness-driven lifestyle. Um, fitness is always going to be a part of my life. I think it should be a part of everyone's life. And I think that's, that's the point I just want to get across. You know, you, you, I, you, can, you can be a part of multiple businesses. You can continue to do your job. You can continue to do whatever you want in life. But just like you brush your teeth every day, you need to focus on your health every day. And you need to work out every day. And it needs to be a non-negotiable mentality that, ah, you know, you can't, you can't try to convince yourself that you're not doing it. It just needs to be implemented into your brain that you're doing that every day. And um, yeah, that's just my mindset. And you don't necessarily need to be bear crawling a marathon to make it a part of your lifestyle. There's, there's, you, you, can, you can start in a, in a more accessible way, although I think folks are oftentimes more capable, more capable than they might assume starting on their fitness journeys if it hasn't kind of been baked into them from a young age as it was with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, um, I think, I think everyone can kind of get implemented. It's just like when and where and, and how, and and I don't think there's like a certain way to do it. I I think there's so many different ways to move around and sweat and and be healthy, whether it's ballet or, you know, Muay Thai or, or uh, weightlifting or boxing or, or whatever it is, soccer. There's so many different ways. You just have to find your rhythm. And so try it out. Try as many different ways to move around. It might be hot yoga um, whatever it is, just try it out. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's fun, you know, and I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm involved in quite a bit of businesses and, um, and it's, it's, it's still fitness is still a top priority regardless of how busy I get. And that's, that's, it's a benchmark for kind of who I am. And I think it should be a benchmark for how a lot of people live their life. Where are, what are some of the uh, kind of business pursuits that are in fitness or corollary to fitness that you find yourself spending a lot of time on now? Yeah. So anything, uh, health and wellness, I like, I like to hear more about if it's, uh, that, that's where, that's where I get really excited about. Um, 
I, I'm not too, too excited about like learning about the human body, to be totally honest. I'm more excited about like the marketing perspective and psychology a consumer thinks about and how they buy a product and how they use a product and when they use a product and how they're going to talk about the product. Um, and so I come into companies um, with that perspective, how they're marketing it out, um, how high their conversion rates are, how we can convert more, how we can better the product. Um, there's two types. There's there's two sides to it, right? You can market it from a high from a from top of funnel, right, and get a ton of people into a product, and then they convert. But if the if the product is not good, then you're not going to have that returning customer. And so it's really just looking at it from both both sides. Um, and that's what I like to do. So I don't know. Super Copy does a great job. I just I just got involved in that company, and you know we're, we're helping from top of funnel, really really driving people to the product. But then they get to the product, and, and Jimmy and Jordan and Jake have done a great job making a a healthy um, option for coffee, right? Um, Promix, same thing. Promix, a supplement company, Albert started great, great, great product. Um, but coming in, you know, helping him from a top level perspective and um, top of funnel and really driving more traffic to it. And so whether it's getting uh, more, more uh, influential people involved, whether it's um, doing more partnerships, business development, stuff like that, really helping out, you know, strategic partnerships with uh, retailers, et cetera, really helping out that top of funnel um, same thing with arena, you know, arena is going to be a fun little project. I know you talked to Albert on, but you know, same thing. It's, it's really top of funnel driving people into it and, and giving people a good product at the end of the day. Um, I try to test all products out for at least six months before I even get involved with them. And that means tasting them, throwing them, trying to break them, as if I'm, you know, a consumer in middle America, I'm a consumer in the middle of the world that knows nothing about health and wellness. I'm going to try to break the product. I'm going to try to test. I'm going to try to find flaws in the product before I try to promote it. Because if you start pushing a product um, and you put all your eggs in one basket and then all of a sudden the product is shit, then it's, it's a bad look on your reputation. I think your reputation is uh, the most valuable thing that you have. So I tried to test everything out for a minimum six months before I push it. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what I do. I can, I can imagine you during the training leading up to the Bear Call Marathon, just like thinking of growth hacking and how to like create consumer funnels while you're like, trying to take your mind off of the pain for the next mile. That's what was really going through your head. And then you like, you're done with the training session. You're like, I got to write these ideas down. That's what I imagine happening. I mean, you literally hit it right on the head. That's, that's all I would listen to. I mean, I would listen to a couple like podcasts here and there, but it was mainly like books and, and, um, and yeah, different, different ways to, to market products better, uh, to improve products, to, um, get inside a consumer's head. And yeah, I mean that, that I just find it so intriguing and interesting and, um, and it's, it, it kind of ties back to hospitality. You're just doing it on a different scale, right? You, you want to make people happy. So how can you make people happy from a marketing perspective? 
um, and, a, and a product perspective. And that's really what it is. Rather than feeding them, you know, a burger at a restaurant, you know, you're, you're sending out 10,000 units of something and you hope that 10,000 people are happy with those units. Um, it's just on a different scale. And I don't know, that's just what, that's what makes me happy. There's, there's something, you know, I was very curious as to your educational background because you can always tell a boarding school kid by the intensity. I'm, I'm a boarding school kid myself. I went to a boarding high school. It wasn't a military school at the time, but it, it, it was like decades prior to when I went there. And there's always a certain level of whatever someone's like, yeah, I went to college and I partied a little hard and I kind of like let the beast loose. I'm always like, are you a boarding school kid? Because it, you can you can tell them from a mile away. So I'm glad we actually mentioned that because it was something I was specifically going to ask you and you, you kind of preempted it. You're two steps ahead of me. Yeah, I, I think boarding school, I mean, you're, you're definitely not excited to go to a boarding school. I wasn't pumped about it when I was, uh, I think I was 16 when I went. Uh, I think I was actually crying when I went. <laughs> I was like, why am I going here? But overall, after the two years there, um, it just sets you up for, you know, it's a different mindset, right? You, you, you're listening to someone that's not your parent, someone that hasn't, you haven't grown up with a complete stranger for two years and you hope they're right. Uh, you develop different relationships. You develop deeper relationships with people. Um, you, you become a little bit more, a little bit more cultured, especially at the military school I went to because kids are from all around the world. So you get to learn all these different cultures. Um, so your mind opens up a little bit and then, you know, social skills, uh, you know, obviously helps with that military part helps just from a, uh, organization standpoint and a time management. <laughs> like if you're late, you're in trouble, you know, you're, you're doing tours or you're, you know, you're marching around the parade field for hours, which sucks. <laughs> um, and yeah, attention to detail is probably the biggest thing I learned for sure. You know, it, there's no stone unturned. Uh, you have to focus on the littlest tiny things. I mean, we had to make our sheets perfect every single morning. And if you didn't, then you're in trouble, right? So the attention to detail has definitely helped carry over into business ventures for me. Where is the best place for people to keep up to date with, with what you're doing the next, the next way you're going to challenge yourself, because I don't, I don't, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask what it is, but I know you've already got something cooking in the back of your head. I can, I can kind of see the gears turning. And also, what's the best way for people to keep up to date on uh, business ventures, any other projects you're involved with? Yeah, for sure. Um, you can follow my personal Instagram, which is just my first name, last name. Uh, for business stuff, it's DML Holdings. Um, you can follow that Instagram or dmlholdings.com. And I'm constantly putting up, you know, new innovations we have with companies we're involved in or new products we have coming out or athletes we bring on board, et cetera. Um, and yeah, those are probably the two best spots for sure. Devin, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been, it's been fascinating to learn, again, not just about what you're doing, but the reasoning behind it, a bit more about your background, a lot of which... I didn't know. I kind of went into this on the same level as our listeners. So uh, it's been a real pleasure. Appreciate it, man. Dude, I really, really appreciate you having me on. You, you have a great thing going with uh, your podcast and your company and everything. I mean, your community is awesome. Um, I hear nothing but good things. And I've, I've told a couple of people I was going on your podcast and everyone was ecstatic about it. So congrats on all your success as well. <laughs>